All right. Jay? What's your middle name, Jay? William. William Larson. I am getting my levels here. Welcome to the Eric Andrews Link Show. How are you feeling? I'm stoked, man. I feel great. What? Uh, That's not your middle name, though, right? Stoked? <laughs> stoked yeah. is my middle name, dude. Stoked, dude. It's my middle name. I surf. Sorry, we're just closing doors. If you're listening to this on the, uh, I don't know. Do you listen to podcasts, Jay? A little bit. What? 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 Like, what app do you use? Just the podcast app. Isn't what, that like just Apple? like like iTunes? Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm always ready. Comedians, we can just like just jump in and go. And that's my favorite way to podcast is when guys are just like, yeah, let's just go and see where we end up. Yeah. The worst thing. The worst thing you can do before a podcast is talk about doing a podcast. I get to just talk about stuff because I hate feeling like, didn't we just talk about this? And it was fire the first time. Yeah. So what's it like being a comedian? Well, I'm kind of retired. Really? You know what I mean? Well, since the Pandeezy hit. Oh, we all retired. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I just have, I've only done it once in like 14 months, you know, stand up. Yeah. And I'd wanted to stop for years. You know what I mean? It just Why? doesn't fit my lifestyle. I have kids. I like being home. I don't like being on the road. When you're on the road, you're in a city for four days to work for four hours. You know what I mean? That's kind of a crazy amount of time to have to yourself. It's just like, you know. Is that where golf comes in? Oh, I mean, there's definitely. I love the idea of golf trips. We tried to. Me, Bargazzi, who I know you've had on. Roy Scovel, Nick Thune. We were like, how do we do a stand-up tour just to golf and we started it in tennessee and like we got there and we were gonna golf this one day at nate's club and it rained <laughs> we went in and out for eight hours oh, like no. in out in out, and then we we're golfing the next day and, and the second day me and thune were like no we're done yeah we're, we're, we're gonna go explore the city and nate and rory went and golfed and it, that would have been like the ideal is you just go to different towns golf and perform right but uh, that's how a lot of like entertainers, musicians, whatever people get into it because you have so much downtime and you're just like, so what the fuck much. Am I going to do? Yeah. No, that's not how I got into I got into golf because I love sports. And as a kid, I was like, I'll play anything. So golf predates comedy for you or easily. Really? Yeah. Sixth grade, I picked up golf. So then you developed a sense of humor because being on the golf course was. I was good, bro. Oh, really? No, I had a Let's crazy play. slice. I could literally go out around a tree and bring it back. That's how bad my <laughs> slice was. Um, no, comedy was like uh, just growing up in a house full of pain and someone had to like, you know, bring humor to it. You know what I mean? Uh, golf was my grandfather played golf. You know what I mean? It was just there were clubs always laying around and I would pick and plastic balls like practice balls in my grandfather's backyard just swinging a club. You know, when you're the youngest of four and you get stuck at your grandma's house for the weekend, you're like, what can I do? And you're like, let me grab that club. Right. Yeah. It's like it's it's like a mix of curiosity and boredom. Yeah. And I mean, and I just love any if you love sports, hitting a baseball pure, hitting a golf ball pure, hitting a tennis ball pure, whatever it is, just feels awesome. Yeah. You know? And is, I drummed. I used to play drums. Oh, that's got a sweet spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? You get the sweet spot of the drum, right? Yeah, of course. Is that true? Yeah, of course. Well, it depends on I've like where it is on the drum. I only air drum in the car. And you crush to Green Day. it. Yeah, you got it. But I mean, you know, like I heard there's this guy. He was, he was, I don't, he had Tourette's and he was like one of the best drummers in the world. Because when you're in, when you're drumming, you're just focusing on one thing. So I think sports does that for me. Is like you didn't focus on anything else. Comedy is like when you're on stage, you, dude, you're focused on one thing. 
and it's making people laugh. But there's got to be a moment when you're on stage and you just think, what do you think? You must think about one thing. You must at one point, do you ever think about like tomorrow's tea time or like... Well, I constantly have another conversation going in my head at all times. So I'll be doing stand-up and then back here, there'll be a whole story going on. Like, what's this guy's deal? What's he doing? (laughs) And I'll be watching and then I have to literally go, dude, snap out of it. You're not present. Whoa. Because like, you know, some after a while, you know the joke so well, you're just delivering it and people are laughing and it's doing well and you're just back here and you're like, oh, let's let's try and challenge ourselves and have a little more fun than whoa, just sitting back there in that other conversation. Are you having a conversation right now separate to this conversation? No, no, I just pulled out of it. I think I think there was one. I was just <laughs> was back. It? I was just back. Was it? I was just back on stage at the comedy store. That's I was like literally just like having the picture of the moment, you know, that what. What, what do like comedian? You must know this, right? Like, because I've spent a lot of time thinking thinking about what golfers have in common. Mm-hmm. But what do you think like comedians have in common? Besides torment, well, not all of us have torment, um, but I feel like there's torment, there's pain for a lot. You know what I mean? A lot comes from something somewhere along the lines. You decided this is how you were going to deflect everything, <laughs> or you wanted more of it. You know what I mean? Because there's no more. I mean, people say their biggest fears in life are either death or public speaking. And stand-ups are like, oh, I'm not afraid of death. You know what I mean? Or public, you know what I mean? Like, You're not afraid of death? I don't think so. But every now and then, like, I've been on, like, a rocky flight. And I'm like, oh, I guess I am. I guess I am. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be now. Right. But I never used to be until I had kids. And then I was just like, oh, no, I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I've heard that's a factor there. Wait, so, so, um. But but you, the the torment thing is interesting because it makes me think about like you know you've got uh, a skill of like making things funny mm-hmm. to you or whoever else, and it's like you know we all develop a skill out of need, right? Like mm-hmm. we we need something, we we and maybe the need is what creates the enjoyment out of it. Like we enjoy. Why do we enjoy things? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, trust me. I <laughs> that's another thing. As a stand up, sometimes I'm just like, do I enjoy anything? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I do. You like, don't you don't enjoy anything. Well, I mean, I do, but at the same time, you're like looking for that was a part of the reason I wanted to stop stand up. If I was golfing and I had a show that night, I'm not golfing. You know? I'm thinking about like stand up, like, oh, do I have new material? Do I like it? Right. This stuff is good. What's it gonna propel me to? When I could never just like the shows that were fun is when you're just in it, you know, right. you're just doing stand up. Did you ever wait tables? Yeah. So because I waited bartender. tables. Yeah. And and it was always like the in four LA? o'clock uh New York. So the four o'clock shift was like fucking terrible. Yeah. Because basically you'd wake up at like, I don't know, 10. Mm-hmm. I, I woke up at 10 at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. And then you have six hours of just dread. Yeah. Because like I have waiting. to go chain up. Dude, I used to bartend on the, on the in the West Village. You know what I mean? At 11th and West Side Highway. And sometimes your shift started at 8 p.m., bro. Yo, I think I've been to that place. The Rusty Knob? A lot, lot of Coke. Nah. No. Rusty Knob? Rusty Knot. Knob would be rusty worse. That'd be a different, different jar. Yeah, different, different spot. Different bar. Different what bar is, town. In this case, what does rusty mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that was always like, it would just always sit on my mind. Like, what am I doing? But because it was like, a, was it like something you had to do or it was more just like, I got to get my game face on? Something you had to do, get to get your game face on. I mean, I know guys that love stand-up and they grind jokes, right? So they'll come up with a joke and they'll work it and they'll work it. And then they'll literally sit during the day and be like, how can I get this joke better? That's just not who I am. I would do a joke. There's a joke I would do. 
And I did it the first time and I was like, I think it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It did well. And then like doing it on stage, it would get better. But I would never sit with it and be like, how do I tinker this? You and, know? When, and when you say tinker it, you, you're talking about people may not realize this. And I didn't really realize it probably until I met Nate. Mm-hmm. But like I didn't realize that it's like sometimes it's as simple as the order of words. Oh, 100 percent. Dude, you can stand in the back of the room as a stand up, right? If I'm standing with another stand up in the back of the room and I watch a friend doing stand up, a joke that I know, and you you watch them miss a, a second, just a second and they'll get a laugh, but not the same way. And we'll look at you like, you see that? And you're like, yep, it's that simple because it cadence timing manipulation it's all part of it and if that timing has been set up set up and then you miss a second of it it just changes what the joke could be but like see i'm i'm curious because like i find the things that are the most funny are the things that are the least planned or the least sensical when you're Mm -hmm. talking in a conversation you don't do you know what i mean like yeah like does that ever translate to stage or is that just a figment of my yeah well first of all let's take nate for example that guy doesn't move Stand still. He's monotone. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not animated. Everything he does depends on the words. Yeah. You know, and how it's written. You know. I move around. You know? Yeah. Like that dumb. Like he's dumb. He's, he's not. Pl- a, he's playing dumb. No, he's, he's a dumb human smart. being. No, he's not. Very, he's very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like for him, it's so important. For me, I move. I like I'll whisper sometimes. Yeah, I've seen you know it's great. I mean? Yeah, I hit higher levels. I'll yell sometimes. I do crowd work like. I involve everything. So for me, it's like sometimes the words matter a lot, you know, and right. sometimes they don't at all because I'm just like exploring and seeing what hits. So so we're going to get into the golf in a minute. You, you've yeah. actually transcended into golf content, which I think is really fascinating. We're going to get there in a minute. But but before we leave where we're at, mm-hmm. I, I would love to hear your favorite joke. My favorite joke? Yeah, by favorite me joke. or yeah, by, by anyone? You, by you. Oh, well... I mean, geez, that's and honestly, like I, you got to your sense of humor. There's, there's, there's light up here and dark down here. Where mm-hmm. are you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It changes. You know what I mean? Like I try to do things that's, that's really dark. You know what I mean? Like me saying like Nate's stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've said stuff to people's face in the crowd. Like that's just would crush a normal human being. And, but I get away with it cause I'm like joking. Um, so I think there's like darkness in a lot of things. Like I used to do a joke about a duck that my roommate had. This isn't my favorite joke, but like he had this duck and I kept like trying to get rid of it in the house. Like I'd move it. And he's like, dude, what, what are you doing with the duck, bro? And I was like, I don't know, man, what do we need this duck for? He's like, my sister gave it to me. I just want to keep it like a little rubber duck. And like, I tried just moving it out. And so one day I came home and it was like back in the bathroom and I took dental floss and I hung it from the shower head. And then I wrote a suicide note from the duck. And like that was a bit I would do, and that doesn't even need to be a bit. And that's just a fucking interesting story. Oh yeah, I just tell it as I would tell it as a story. <laughs> Wait, what did he do when he saw the duck? He just lost his mind. He's just like, "What's wrong with you?" But like people are like, if they look at it like, "Oh, that's really dark to take it to a place where the duck would commit suicide." Write an actual note. Then you have to write the note. What did the note say? It said, "Dear Jay and Jordan, I can't go in any longer. Seeing the two you fight like this, I guess I'm just a weak duck." And then I said, love Bill. And then like in the joke, I'd be like, you know, because he's a duck and he Bill. has a Bill. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I so, didn't like, get there's that. always like another level yeah, to Bill. it. Yeah. So I yeah, don't that's, know. That's, I mean, that is dark. Yeah. But the best comedy is there to provide relief from the hardest parts of life. Sure. So you're not saying suicide's not real. 
No. Well, I mean, anyone who says it's not real would be out of their mind. Well, not unreal is a bad way to say it, but but it, it, it's funny. It's not funny, but it's there are things that are funny when you contextualize them. I mean, let's go there. Yeah, I have a new. I, this is I've only done stand up once in fourteen months, and it was like, was it last week or two weeks ago? I was just like, I'm gonna do it just to see. And uh, I was at the beach like six months ago, and there were a bunch of people like all in white shirts, and like they were having like this party, right? And me and my buddy are sitting there, and it's like at dusk. And he goes, he goes, what's going on over here? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, looks like a party. I'm like, what if there's a mass suicide? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, what if like they're all gonna just drown themselves right now? And I'm like, then we just start talking about like how we would talk about that. And I'm like, dude, how was the beach? I'm like, it was good, man. Saw a mass suicide. <laughs> Like what? I'm like yeah, it was actually pretty peaceful, except one guy he couldn't really commit to it, and I had to go in and save him. And everyone else is really trying to drown themselves, oh and he's God. just like, "Get me out of here!" And I'm like, "All right, man, but you're not committing to the yeah. whole thing." You yeah. know what I mean? Like that, yeah. my mind will just go that way sometimes. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, w- but in, would you? W- would you? Would you? If he was like, "Please, just hold me down," yeah, you wouldn't do. It. No, I don't think I could kill just- somebody. <laughs> I mean, I fantasize about it. I, that was a joke I used to do. I'm like, you ever see somebody like loading their groceries? I'm like, God, I could kill that guy right now. I do. Just like bash his head with the thing and then all put the time. It, yeah. If I'm ever behind someone going down a flight of stairs, they in my head they always get kicked. Yeah. It's just I don't know why. Yeah. You just have to like tell yourself, just yeah. don't do it. But I'm not alone. Yeah. No. You're way. like that too. I think a lot of people are like that. I mean, I'll just have crazy thoughts. My brain just has crazy thoughts, and that's where my comedy comes in. I have crazy thoughts. Sometimes I act on them, and I do something crazy. Like Other what? times. You know, I mean, it's not crazy, but like my most popular joke is I got a wrong number one time and I just pretended to be the guy they called for. Th- that was how I found you. Yeah. yeah. It was the fucking funniest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, I, I was. The, I almost want to, you know what? Let's let's um, make a note. We're going to, can we play that on the pod? Yeah, of course. I'm going to cut it because the audio is fine. Sure. I'm going to cut this and we're going to play, uh, we're going to play this bit. <laughs> the other day I was driving down the 405 traffic. Phone rings, 917, New York. I'm like, oh, I don't know the number. I hit talk. I go, hello. Guy on the other line goes, hey, Bruce, what's going on? My name's Jay, not Bruce. <laughs> so clearly I go, nothing much, man. What's going on with you? <laughs> and he goes, I'll tell you what's going on. I just got an email about the budget. It's supposed to be 15000 Now it's 10000 I'd like to know what the hell's going on. And I grabbed the steering wheel. I was like, all right, fucking focus. Focus right now. Your name is Bruce. There's a budget. It's 15,000. Now it's 10. No one's happy about it. Just get, go with this. Go with this. I didn't know much. I only knew what he told me. So I just said it back and I go, 10,000? It's supposed to be 15,000. He goes, yeah, well, I just got an email and now it's 10. And I go, hey, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm on the road right now. I haven't even seen the email. And he goes, are you behind this? Did you send it out? Like, giving Bruce some attitude, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no way I am taking that. There's no way. And I go, listen, bro, the budget was 15,000. We had a couple extra expenditures. It went up to 16.2. I reworked it, got it down to 14.7. We had 300 to play with. I called it 15, I sent it out. He goes, yeah, well now it's 10. And I was like, oh my God, that worked. (laughs) Stay focused, stay focused. I'm not even enjoying it. You know what I mean? You, I can't even laugh. I have to say, I'm like literally in it. I was just in it. He goes, did Larry okay this? Larry. Now he's throwing Larry at me. Yeah. 
So I go, listen, I took it to Larry. He said it looked fine, but I knew it was my ass on the line, so I ran it by Jennifer just in case. She said it looked good, I sent it out. He goes, yeah, well now it's 10. And I was like, this guy has no idea what's going on over there. He hasn't talked to Larry. He hasn't talked to Jennifer, I just made her up. Clearly he has not spoken to Bruce. He goes, listen man, what are we gonna do about this? I go, bro, I'm on the road right now. I haven't even seen the email. Why don't you call Larry, check in with him, see what's going on, give me a call back. Literally like throwing the fishing line out, being like, please say yes, because that phone call return is going to be amazing. And he goes, he goes, listen, why don't we wait till you get home, you check the email, you call Larry, you call me back. I go, nah, nah, bro. Larry knows way more about this than I do. Give him a call, call me back. He goes, okay, hangs up the phone. <laughs> to which I explode with euphoria. Because there's a small business in New York somewhere that's crumbling to the ground. Over $5,000, no one can find Bruce, no one's talked to Larry, and they don't know who the hell Jennifer is. I found, I found, I, you came up for me. I found that I saw you and then I was like, oh, he plays golf. And I was like, oh my God, he follows me already. Yeah. And that's how I texted you that day. That was the beginning of COVID. And I was like, yo, you're hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many people have found me through that bit because it just gets recited. I've had so many people be like, dude, I'm at my house the other day. My friend goes, you got to see this joke. And it's you. And I'm like, well, I, I know him. I'm like, yeah, all right. You know. Yeah, it's a fucking joke. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, moments like that, you know, I just like I look for stuff in the real world to put into on stage, you know, it's so fucking good. Um, so so curious, just a just a throwaway question. Mm -hmm. Not really. What what like I, I you got me thinking about like the kind of like like origin of comedy kind of, you know, and I started thinking about like, I don't even know. I don't even know about the origin of comedy, but I guess I was curious to know, like, what inspires you? I just like I get inspired by people, you know what I mean? Like I love being out. I talk to people constantly. I just can't stop doing it. Like I love it. I you love mean, fucking like with people. Like just a guy on the corner. Any yeah, anybody, grocery store, any place. Like that's where all my com like dude, when I used to wait tables, I used to like go over to like when I was at a table, I'd build rapport and like say two people are having dessert. I'd come over and I go, Here you go, guys. And I put like the creme brulee down the middle of the table and then I put a spoon here, a spoon here, and then I have a third spoon. And they go, What's that for? And I'm like, That's for me. And I'd take a bite and they would lose it. Amazing. Lose it. I just used to I mean, I would do that when I wasn't even waiting tables. I would just go into <laughs> restaurants, go up and sit in people's booths. I just like challenging people to like, I want people to like be going through their day and their day is set. And you know, most people are like, this is my day. This is what I'm doing. And then I like to jump in the middle of their day and then change their brain and think like, oh, the world's different. Or like, you know, like that inspires me. People that will get down with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just love that. Like, I love messing with people. I love being able to talk shit to someone I've never met. I was golfing with Rory at Moore Park Country Club, and I go over to the starter. And golf, specifically, you know the guys you can fuck with in golf. Starters, Mart, they're yeah. just ready to go. <laughs> and I knew the – I don't know what he said to me. I go, what's up, man? And he said something. I go, you better shut your fucking mouth if you talk to me like that. <laughs> 
And the guy just starts dying laughing. So I'm jabbing at him. And I know Rory's coming, right? And Rory always says, like, how do you talk to people like this? So here he comes. And I got my bucket now. And I'm walking away. And I can see Rory. And I just go, I'm just saying this right now. You keep up that fucking attitude. I'm going to come in there and beat your face in. You got it? And I just walk. And Rory's just like, he goes over. And he he can't talk to people like this. Right. And then he comes over. He's like, how, 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 how are you doing that? How are, and yeah. I go, I could just tell, dude. Yeah. I know that guy's down for it. You know, some people, I'd say I have a, ver- a 92% success rate. 8% of people like, nah, dude. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> how, do you, how do you assuage when it goes bad? What do you do then? First of all, assuage? Not the right word. I don't I'm know t- what I'm that tired. word is. Assuage. Assuage is to like curb. I've never heard that word in my life. A-S-S-U-A-G-E. Look it up. Brady, let's go. I'm just impressed. Assuage. You never heard it? It's a French word, clearly. No idea. No idea. No idea. Come on. Three, two, one. Booyah. Nice work. You know what? I dropped out of high school, and I got kicked out of most of my classes on the way to dropping out. But vocabulary, I always really Where did you grow up? Jersey. And you dropped out? Yeah, I was like, I'm out. Good for you. I was like, later, guys. I got to go. Can't do it. I got, I got like I got a lot of drugs to do. That I'll was, be back in five years. <laughs> They're like, we won't have you. Peace. My so would never let me drop out. So you, you know, I don't think my parents did either. But yeah. at that point, they had. I had an older brother and sister. Yeah. So I think they were like, you know what? We've got two good investments. If this one fails, big deal. It was a flyer anyway. Two out of three. Yeah. Two out of three bad. ain't bad. You back know? in the day, farmers just had 14 kids. If yeah. two died, they were like, we got 12. Yeah. You got a lot of goats in the field. I don't know. I lost two. I don't, I don't know where they are. No. They don't even have name tags. Don't even need it. I was just a number. Yeah. <laughs> so, so wait. So, um, but what would you do to assuage? I would na- just either like try and get them back. Some people just don't want to. Some people just won't get me. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'm saying, like I said, it's not a lot. But when they don't, they're very specific about it. <laughs> and like like another time I was waiting tables and I had this mom and daughter. And the mom was like, the daughter was like 28 and the mom was like in her 40s and I or 50s, maybe older. Okay. I and like, I said wow. something. Like that's 12. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I said something to like joking around and they just didn't like it. And they asked my manager and I was like, wait, you you guys aren't getting what I'm talking about. Yeah. And they were like, no, (laughs) not acceptable. And I was like, all right. And my manager's like, dude, you got to chill out. I'm like, dude, I just don't know how I don't know. I just keep going. Did you know how often I have to like literally bite my tongue and be like, just shut up, dude. Right. Stop. Right. I was up for a job to write on this TV show. And the two producers were like, dude, you're the bomb. This is a, you're exactly what we need. We're gonna bring in the EP. It's this guy. He's a got a he's a big deal. He comes in the room. He's like, "How's it going, Jay?" I'm like, "Good, man." And you know, we're all talking. And then he makes a joke towards me. You know, so I just like, all right, and I joke back. And then he makes a joke. Wait, like a like a neg? Yeah, but like just joking around. You know, like yeah. he's like got a comedian in the room and he's involved in comedy and right. So he jokes, I joke, he jokes, and then I just fucking, I bring the hammer. Pile drive him. And he just goes, all right, man, well, good luck with your career, and walked out. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? And I look at the two producers, and I'm like. Was he fucking with is you? That, is that not good? And they're like, no, that is not good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. And they were like. I'm fucking dying. They go, let's wait 10 minutes, and then we'll go downstairs and re-meet him. Like, let's go, <laughs> let's go downstairs and just pretend that never happened. And I'm like, okay. And I just went down and then just totally was like, oh, this guy. I called my friend later who's like a big time showrunner. And I told him and he's like, yeah, man, sometimes you don't need to be the funniest guy in the room. <laughs> and I was like, good note, dude. Good note. I got the job. Good luck with your career. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, that that's a Hollywood thing. Hollywood's a big ego place. I mean. It's got to be tough. 
it's the, it's being the in show business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the it's the worst. It doesn't really <laughs> exist in other places. Like even New York, right? New York ego doesn't exist the way it does in Los Angeles. That's because in New York you can ride the train next to a millionaire. You know what I mean? A millionaire takes the train and they're not ashamed of it. They take the bus. Yeah. In LA it's like pfft, no one's taking a bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like you're not taking a bus unless you have to. Right. You know like you can't have a car in New York. Right. I mean, I did, but it's because we got lucky. My wife had a my wife at the time had it like her company paid for her car, so we just had a car. Right. Um. But yeah, that's part of it, you know. So so I'm now thinking about like you got this skill, right, where you can talk to anybody. You want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. You're 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 you 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 pick up a spoon. You grab the dessert. You're you're welcome, right, into any any set, right, any group of people, right. Yeah. How did that work in your dating life? I'm as as like a young man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was pretty good at dating. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. just thinking about it. I'm just like, dude, you're just like, you must have just, how did that work? I don't know. I was just good with girls, you know what I mean? And I was just fun. You know right. what I mean? I was always fun cracking jokes. Right. And I just never like, uh, yeah, it was always pretty, I think it was pretty easy. I never really like had a problem with it. It's interesting because now I'm thinking about it. It's like there's an extraordinary level of confidence mm-hmm. to walk up to a group of people eating a meal with a spoon and eat their food without asking them. I mean, that's that's like people people have died for that, I'm sure. Dude, I asked a girl out one, at one day. I was at work, that World Cafe in Santa Monica. That's where I used to wait tables. And this beautiful girl walked in. And I just was. I just went up to her. I'm like, I, I'm like, your cheekbones. I'm like, you're, you're, I'm sorry. You're, just, you're beautiful. I'm not hitting on you. I'm just telling you. She's like, oh, my God, thanks. I'm not hitting on you. I, will, I was like literally like just taken by that's her. That's a great line. Yeah. I'm not hitting on you. Not hitting on you. You're just Please. stunning. Just stunning. What are you doing? So she left. You know, that was it. And then, like, the next week, I walk over to a table, and there she is with a group of friends. And I just look at her. I'm like, hey. And she goes, hi. And her friends are like, do you guys know each other? I'm like, funny thing. I was driving across country, and I stopped at a cafe in Nebraska, and she was there. And we had an amazing meal. And now it's, like, the first time I'm seeing you since then. It's just it's just wild. And she's blushing. I walk away and clearly tells her friends, like, no, that's not. That never happened. Right. So I, I asked her out. She's like, yes, we go on a date, have an amazing time. And we're sitting on a bench like outside Third Street Promenade. And I'm like, all right, well, like, let's let's do this again. And she's like, "Nah, I don't think so. And I go, (laughs) what? What do you mean? And she's like, I don't know. I just don't. I'm like, we we just had a great time. And she's like, I just don't know if it's a fit. And I was like, all right. And I left two weeks later. I just moved into this little tiny studio uh, like guest house in Venice and it had like a white clawfoot tub. She calls me out of nowhere. She's like, hey. I'm like, hey. She's like, listen, I'm having this uh, this problem. And I just, I don't know who else to call. I just feel like you could help me. And I'm like, yeah. And I, I didn't have a shower curtain yet. So I'm just laying in the clawfoot tub like Norwegian would, living a Beatles song, talking to this girl, giving her advice. We talked for like 45 minutes. She's like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. This helps so much. I'm like, yeah, of course. And I was like. So what do you think? Like, should we go out again? And she's like, nah, I don't think so. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. So, like, you know, I, it got me in the door. But then once I'm in the door, she's like, well, it's just you're not a right. fit. I always appreciate people like that. They're like, I think you're great, but just not good for me. And I'm yeah. like, how do you know that? How do you know that? Anyone who likes me is good for me. <laughs> that's that's like the plague of a stand-up. Like, right. You guys like me? Done. Yeah. You want to invest in something together? Let's all hang out. Here's my money. What uh, the the confidence thing is interesting because it's um, 
it's it's most notable with I guess people of your character, right? People mm-hmm. who are just like I'm in. Everybody clearly is okay with my presence here, even, even if they're not. Like your your number is ninety two percent approval rating with some of the harshest openers that you can give people who you've never met. Mm-hmm. Does that is where else does that manifest in your life? That level of confidence. Oh, I mean, I don't even know if it's con. I just love seeing what's going to happen. So I, I guess it's, you know, I, I don't know if I'm confident in myself. I'm just confident in the idea of like what I'm going to try and get out of something. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't really have anything else in my life. You know what I mean? I was hoping you'd say golf. Um, like in my golf game or meeting people during a round. No, like in your game. Like, like what is your golf mindset similar to your life mindset oh, from yes. what I can tell so far? Yes. I love. I love looking at a shot. This is my favorite people to golf with. Guys who take the are good, right? Like the game and like to talk shots. Like I love being in a cart with a guy that's like, hey, let's talk let's each talk about our shot before we make it. Like do it. Right. Especially like when you're like in the middle of a fairway with like one sixty to the green and you're under the tree branches. You know what I mean? I love talking to a guy like, what are you gonna do here? I'm like, I'm gonna hit a cut four eye and I'm gonna hood it. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm gonna do. I'm like, let's see it. You know what I mean? That's my favorite thing. So in as far as getting creative and trying shots, I remember playing Rancho one time with my buddy Danny and his dad. It was a par three and I totally sliced it up to the right of the green on top of a hill but there's a giant tree in front of me and i'm only like 42 yards away and i just took a 58 degree and like opened it and flopped it ridiculously over this tree and landed at like three feet and i I don't know the distance on that shot you know what i mean i just was like look at it try it will this work i don't know but like i love getting creative with a golf shot and just going for it and i feel like there's probably 70 ways you could hit that shot. And as long as you go at it confidently and try it, you're going to, I mean, how many times out of 10 do you think you fail at a golf shot? Because at the last minute you doubted that you could make it. Yeah. That's what it is. Eight out of 10. Yeah. Seven out of 10. So I think it definitely translates to that. Like when I'm on in golf, I'm playing smart. First of all, you know what I mean? Right. I'm going fairways and then greens and then saving myself and making putts. But at the same time, I'm not letting a shot intimidate me. I'm getting confident at a shot because I'm like, fuck it. This is my favorite. It's like when you step up to T and you're just like waiting and you're like, I'm going because you know, like I'm just going to pipe this thing because I'm like ready. Let's just go. Right. You know, instead of sitting there waiting, someone's chatting about something. Yeah. That actually does remind me like of what you were talking about before, which is like, it's, it's a very creative environment, right? For Jay. Jay, Jay's like, I want to get in the mix and, and really like, it's funny too because you're talking about the the flop shot over the tree. It's like um, th- there's no there's no this is totally fucked. This is totally unusual. This is totally wild. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the mix. I'm not getting analytical with it. Like I mean, maybe a little bit analytical, but like you sound you seem like the kind of guy that's probably not going to like dwell on past shots. Not anymore. I think I used to, but now that's like that's where Zen comes in. Every single golf shot is a brand new game. Right. You can mess up, but if you can save that shot, you know, you can get yourself back. Dude, this past week they were talking about how creative Patrick Reed is. Yeah. And I was like, if you think of creative guys on tour, looking at them and listening to them, you would never think to say Patrick Reed. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But inside his golf game, he's creative. With the ball. Yeah. And when we think creative people, we always think like artists, musicians, comedians, writers. But at the end of the day, like golfers, like there's such creativity in golf, like Bubba Watson, 
the fact how he manipulates shots constantly yeah. is just like, oh yeah, you know, you can be creative in sports yeah. as well, which is, I feel like athletes don't get categorized as creative, you know? Well, and it's even interesting too, because I, I really was inspired like last year to watch, um, you know, the last dance mm-hmm. and you kind of see how like the creativity kind of, it kind of goes all around, but like MJ like created a persona. Mm -hmm. right like he had his style was like incredible but then when you even just watch him like flying toward the hoop it's like tongue out leg spread unlike anyone else Mm -hmm. like who did that before you know it's wild dude we're driving last night me and my kids and someone had the jordan symbol on the back of their car like a sticker and my son goes dad look at the basketball player and i go whoa i go that's jordan dude that's michael jordan and he goes, huh? And I go, Michael Jordan played for the Bulls. And I go, you know, and I go, but you know what people refer to him as? And they go, what? I go, Michael. I go, that's how good that man was. The most boring name in the world, Michael. People know who you're talking about when you're talking basketball. And you say Michael. Right. And, and I said, I go, you know what he does now? And they go, what? I go, he owns a basketball team. Yeah. And I go, and you know what he does every single day? And he would do every day before he played basketball? And he goes, what? I go, he would golf. Yeah. And he goes, is he golfing right now? And I go, it depends on where he is. Yeah. You know? He probably is. Yeah. Two rounds a day. That was crazy to see how much he played have golf. You, have you heard uh, or seen much of his course down in uh, Florida? No. <clears throat> he, he built this, like, pr- crazy course called Grove 23. Uh-huh. Right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> XXIII. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to be pretty sick. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I haven't been, but yeah. they, it's a, the the big deal is uh, that they uh, ship you your uh, snacks via drone. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So that's I don't know. That's did he design why. it? No, this guy Bobby Weed designed it. Interesting. Yeah, he's he's a friend of the channel. We, he's a Bobby Weed's cool. Bobby Weed was um, Pete Dye's uh, like protege. Gotcha. Anyway, um, segue. So. Um, <clears throat> I verbally cursed Pete Dye out nice. on a golf course one time. Which course? Trump National in, uh, you know, south of here in uh, PV. Wait, he didn't do that course, did he? I think so. I think he did the redesign, no? Really? I thought it was Pete Dye. Whoa. Does anyone know? Brady's going to check. Wow, if he did. I mean, it was like, this was like six years ago, maybe seven, yeah. eight years ago. And I'm playing it. It was a par five dog leg. And it like tucks around in the greens here behind this mound. And I got on top of the mound in two. And I get up there and the grass is like seven feet tall. And I'm right. like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, first of all, was that it course. Pete it was. Boom. It was, which is crazy. Because actually, did you know that course had two holes fall into the ocean? Yeah. $20 million, $10 million a hole to bring it back. That's insane. That's a terrible golf course. Yeah. And it's not political. It just fucking sucks. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's so hard. It's like a bowling alley. Yeah. It, one lane, rather. Yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah, no, I know. And I was, I, I made a strong play at a five, and I'm close in two, and way up on top of the mound. Yeah, you're gonna have this. It was crazy. It's Billy go. See, but yeah, I mean, look, now I hate Pete Dye. Yeah. No, I love him. I yeah. think. I, have you played Sawgrass yet? No. Have you? Have you? Have you played in the UK at all? Yes. Yeah. Once. It, I feel like you are like born and bred UK golfer, like Scotland, wherever Scotland, Ireland. Your your like desire for creativity, the chat, yeah, in the UK is like on fire. Americans don't want to talk on the golf course. No, they're like, Shh. yeah. In the UK, they're just like chattering the entire time, to the point where it's just a different game. Yeah, we went we went over there to do the Dublin Comedy Festival. Oh, and then fun. we went to London to do shows, and we went in London and we rented clubs. So I go to rent the clubs, and they give me these like you know rental clubs. 
they're not great. And it had a horrible putter, but there was this old ping. I can't remember the name of it. Putter. And it was for sale for like 15 or you know, 20 pounds. And I go, Hey, can I use this putter in this set? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And I shot a 77 with these rentals using this and I was stroking everything. So I went back to the club. I'm like, I got to buy this putter. And the guy was like, all right, it's 20 pounds. I'm like, I'll give you 10 pounds. And he's like 15. I'm like done. I do, shipping it back costs more than, Oh sure. You know, and I still have it. I got it redone. I sent to this guy in Arizona. He like redid the face. My pal. It's a ping. My pal. M Y P A L. Yes. Never heard of it. Exactly. My pal. What does yeah. it look like an answer style? Yeah. You know, it's like that little down mm-hmm. off and yeah. then it's, Oh. My pal. Yeah. Is it just uh, like chrome, like silver? Yeah. Brass. Whoa. Brassy. Brass. Whatever that color is, you know. So, and so you still rock it? Yeah, I switch between yeah. that and an Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Two ball? What's that? The one with the two balls on the no. back? What Odyssey all mine, blade? All of mine are like that, yeah. You're the classic blade Yeah, guy. always. Yeah, I don't like the mallets either. Yeah. I'm not a mallet guy. I, don't I can't. Know. It fits in the bag weird. That's a big problem for me. Dude. Do you know, do you know Todd Snyder? Uh, Yeah. They yeah, just the fashion company, yeah. Yeah, the Foot well, Joy, Todd Snyder thing, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a golf thing, and yeah. I just DM'd him the other day. I'm like, dude, hire golfers for your campaign. The guy's holding the club wrong. He's got his hands no. in the wrong spot, and it's not like not doing some claw thing in a putter. I'll show it to you afterwards, and I was so annoyed. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do this, dude. That You know what? It doesn't annoy me, but I know other people that send it to me, and they're like, "What? this annoys me so much. Yeah. It's like, uh, did you ever see the one about uh, you know Leo in um, Wolf of Wall Street? He's got his clubs mm-hmm. as Jordan Belfort, and he's got a full set of clubs, but there's like a couple lefty clubs in there amongst the righty clubs. It's oh. just like, what the fuck? That's the worst is when actors can't golf and they are playing golfers, and they're supposed Terrible. to be so good. Like Piers Brosnan in... Uh, Whoa. Piers Brosnan, and when he's the thief... Uh, Crown Affair. No. No, the thief. Yeah, Thomas Crown Thomas Affair. Crown yeah, yeah, in the beginning, he's like betting $100,000 on golf shots. And oh. he's ter- he's like your form is gross, bro. Yeah, I gotta watch that scene again. I haven't. I have. I'm trying to do a little series on golfers and in, in, in movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. overwhelmingly, I think they're villains, <laughs> yeah. which says a lot about the golf PR. Yeah, not good. I just gave away a full story, but look, I think one of the things I'm curious about though is um, who has the best like Hollywood golf swing in a movie. Oh, right, like you movie? know, you guys, you got Matt Damon in, um, you know, whatever. You've got Shia in Greatest Game Ever Played. Yeah, Bagger Vance, Matt Damon. You know, like I think it's got to be Costner in Tin Cup. Costner in Tin Cup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's an athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take. I that. don't think anyone else has a decent golf swing at all. Yeah, Shia was terrible. No, he's terrible. Yeah, I mean, maybe Will Smith does. Will have a good swing. In I don't him? think he swings, man. Yeah, I think he's just like hanging. He golfs though. He golfs, and then I would almost say it's unfair, like because Bill Murray doesn't swing in Caddyshack; he just hits the flowers. Mm-hmm. He's got a great swing. I mean, he's got the best swing in Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah. And and I wouldn't count, um, you know, Danny Noonan. He doesn't. Or Chevy Chase. Well, yeah, yeah. I get, well, actually, Chevy Chase's swing is pretty good. Yeah, maybe. it was pretty good. Yeah, this is not that interesting. But not Costner. Yeah, not go ahead. Yeah, what's interesting to you? What's in? Yeah, you, I mean, you, I could talk about Costner all day. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I actually watched half of. Uh, Field of uh, of um not field of dreams um um silence no, silence no. of the lambs no no no, no. Uh, <laughs> what's the other one yeah when he's in the miners no 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 when he's in the when he's in the woods oh dance with the wolves yeah oh dude. the woods <laughs> dance with he's not <laughs> in the woods at all woods. I love that movie though dance with wolves that like that was one of the movies that changed my life why it was just I, I loved it I first of all I love Native American culture like I just love it I got my kids crazy into it this is really? an artist I follow he's based out of Oklahoma and he he takes like actual photographs Native American photographs and then he 
puts in things from Star Wars into them. Whoa. And so it's dope. What's his handle? Uh, it's Stephen Paul... Stephen Paul, it's it's not Stephen Paul Rudd. It's like Stephen Paul Judd or Stephen Judd. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll tell you after. But like, That's it's fine. dope. Like it'll be like Native Americans on the pr- on the plains and four horses, and then like an X wing coming over top. But it looks looks like the same photograph. Whoa! And I have four of them around the house. He's got another one of like four of them sitting around a fire, but he replaced the fire with like a a flying saucer. Okay, that like landed. You know, it's just rat. It's like you know. The white man and taking over Native American culture, pretty much. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. I when I watched the Dances with Wolves, like I don't know how, what, how I got into. it. I think it was just on TV. And I turned it of course, on. And, yeah. Um, like I, I just, I just thought, like from a device, you know, you, 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 you have a lot of, you know, film mm-hmm. experience, right? So I just loved how with his voiceover, I just. You, it's so nostalgic when, because I think he was talking about everyone in past tense. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar? Possibly, yeah. I, I feel like he's like, I like this person because he was nice to me. Yeah, you know, and he talks about all of his meeting of the tribe and like how they were kind to him when they could have just fucking killed him. Yeah, for sure. I also just love any movie when it comes from someone like, you know, like you look at actors sometimes and they just you never think of them as having depth. You know what I mean? You just look at them as being like this pretty boy, you know, and like. Like Stallone wrote Rocky one and won an Oscar for writing that. You know what I mean? You're like, that's that's almost unfathomable. Yeah. That a guy who's like, oh, is that talented when you just look at him, you're like, I mean, he's just Stallone, dude. But he he won for writing, you know, and there's so much that goes into writing. So then like, you know, Kevin Costner made that movie, directed it, won best director. You know, I just I heard, didn't know he directed it. Yeah. I just learned that. Yeah. He directed that one best director. Whoa. Matthew McConaughey, I just listened to his podcast with Tim Ferriss about his new book. You listen to him, you're like, Jesus Christ. This guy is so smart and he's got so 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 much depth. And you're just like, he's not just like a pretty dude who, you know, crushed it in Dallas Buyers Club, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I always like that when people, I like when people shock me yeah. or, or like, I love misjudging someone and then like realizing, oh, they're different than I had thought. Interesting. You know, it's refreshing. Yeah. that That's hard to do though. A lot of us, a lot of, a lot of people, I, I know me, like I, I like, it took me a while to be like, I'm going to change my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, I'm actually... I'm just going to compute the information incorrectly so that I can just be right the of, whole time. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I changed my mind. I usually don't want to know anything about anyone. I just want to like look at people, judge them, assume I know what they're all about, and then just live my life as if that's true. Right. Because <laughs> right. then it's just like, well, you just fit what I thought you were going to be. Right. What's up, everyone? I'm Peter, designer for Random Golf Club, and Eric is giving me 30 seconds to talk about something special we released last month, the Sherpa jacket. Usually when I play winter golf, I toss on like four of the most random things from my closet and just accept that I'm going to be freezing by the turn. That's why we took your favorite fleece and made it so you can actually swing in it. That means underarm ribbing for flexibility and a pretty chill zipper pocket on the left chest. And it's crazy warm. We only have a few left, so head to the link in the description and grab a Sherpa from the shop. Okay, back to the pod. We interviewed Lee Westwood, and uh, he was like, you know, he said something where he was like, you know, there's a stat that he said. He's like, 20% of people, even if they've never met you, won't like you. (laughs) I was like, whoa. (laughs) Who knows that stat? I I mean, I don't know. 
That guy seems to have figured it out like later in life, though, doesn't he? He's solid right now. I mean, he's so solid. Do you follow him on social media? No. Dude, he's a great follow. Yeah? He posted, remember when the boat was stuck in the uh, Egyptian uh, canal, the Suez? Yeah. He posted a picture of him chipping in front of it. And he's like, we're a little stuck right now, but we're figuring it out or some shit like that. Oh, my God. And then, and then at the Masters, you know, he, um, he didn't play too well, but he had a photo of him and his son who was caddying for him during the Masters. This year? Yeah, this year his son caddied for him. And, and when his son's not counting for him, it's, it's his, his fiance. Wife. Oh, yeah, his fiance. Yeah, which is just so dope. Like, yeah, of course. That's what I mean. He's got it dialed in. Like, yeah. later in life, he's like, yeah, I mean, you just have to, you know, well, you have to get along for to be doing that. Exactly. What if she gives you a bad read? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But I don't think it's like that. I don't think so either. I think it's just like, I, I'll, I will do that. You're here because I love you. Yeah. And like, I got a bunch of time out here on the fucking beautiful golf course. Might as well have fun. Yeah. But so it, it was the photo that I'm referring to is this post where it was it was of him and his son mm-hmm. this tournament 2021 and then there was a, there was like a water in front with this reflection. The image was of him and his son from like 20 years ago Jesus. on a golf course. His son was caddying for him, and he goes, "You know, a lot of time to reflect." Like, are you fucking like? He's basically turning into the Rock. Yeah, like totally, real deal. Dude. Totally. I don't know. You check him out. The Rock man. He says he's gonna run for president. I saw that and I commented. What'd you say? Let's go. Yeah. Let's no. go, man. So many people. It's in the bag. Isn't it? I think it or would Or am I be. just Hollywood? No, I think, you know, who knows? I mean, at this point, now we know anyone can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we just know, like, okay, you just need to, like, do the right things and yeah. ma- manipulate the system. You can get in there. Yeah. I could. Do you remember when? Anyway, yeah. I mean, you know, would you remember when The Rock posted that IGTV? It was like 10 minutes long. And it was basically, I think it was right around the uh, murder of George Floyd. And, and The Rock posted this long video where he was just like, where are you? And he was talking to the president. He was like, where, we need you. And I was kind of like, dog? <laughs> dog, you could do this. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I was kind of like, millions and millions and millions of people are, are, like, inspired by you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it takes to be president. They, I heard one thing that was, um, Gore Vidal said that... Uh, the very desire to run for president should preclude you from running. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I used to want to get into politics when I was a kid. Really? I was heavy, yeah. You, I did like You would crush it. I mean, I just don't know anything. Right. I just know how to motivate. Where did you grow up? Massachusetts. Because I could see you doing something in Texas. Mm-hmm. I could just see you in Texas. Just like, I don't know. I mean. Because you're, cause you're, cause you're quick and you're like familiar, but you're also not. You're not, you're not trying to get anyone to like you. Dude, and... I'm, I am quick. My therapist the other day, I said something and he, and he, it took him a second to get it. And he just goes, that's good. You're quick. He goes, I'm quick too. Um, and then he went right into something else. I just thought it was so funny because he is, he is quick, but, um, yeah, like I, I was class president in high school. Really? I did student government in college. How big know, was your high school? Small. Yeah. 860 kids. That's fucking massive. Mine was like 150. Oh really? Yeah. It was, yeah. That's 860? How many were in yours? 120. The whole school? Yeah, Brady the high school. All four grades. 30 per grade? Yeah, my mind was... What were you, Simon? You didn't go to high school, did you? Simon went to high school. 6,500 people? Where? Damn. 6,500. That's bigger than some colleges. Bigger than mine, for sure. Dang. Simon didn't go to college because he decided he wanted to work for a golf club. Good for you. Respect, right? I, I mean, I always say, like, when I talk about my kids, I'm like, well, when they go to college, if they want to, that's a choice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you can find a way, you, you know. Do you, I mean, is part of that, like, money? 
Cause I would kind of yeah. be like, I would be like, Hey, I don't have kids. I'm not planning on it. But like, if I had kids, I'd kind of be like, you could totally go to college if you want to pay for it. If you want to like, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not my job. Well, you know, I did my job now. Yeah, I know. I got you here. Yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> I still have student loan debt. I'm 45. I still have student loan yeah, debt. Yeah, it's crazy. So, and my, you know, I think my school was 22 grand a year when I went and right. now it's 50. Where was that? St. Anselm College in New Hampshire. Yeah. I went to White Mountain School. You know where that is? No. Yeah. It's where when you get kicked out of boarding school, can you get kicked out of high school? Mm -hmm. They send you there. Yeah. It's It's got like, it's got like 10 people. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah. In the White Mountains? Yeah, we wore handcuffs. No. Uh, (laughs) In the White Mountains. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Was it cool though? It was fine. Was that outdoorsy? I got kicked out of there too, but you know. Good for you. Yeah, it was outdoorsy. Two Um, for two. two So when you, so like, you, you know, how have you seen golf changed? Because you've been into it for a minute. Yeah. Like a lot of people that I associate with, like either like they haven't really been into golf their whole life, mm-hmm. you know, because the bug, it's it's almost like you go through like it's like a stock, right? You go through phases like playing yeah. a lot, not playing a lot. How has that affected you and how has golf changed? Um, well, I've watched friends go through full gone from bug to full blown addiction. You know what I mean? Like full blown. I had one buddy who I got into golf and I would go with him all the time and like I would help him out. And then I moved to New York and I came back from New York after like 10 months to like come out here for shows and stuff. And we golfed and we walk, we walk in the clubhouse. He's, you want to get a bite to eat real quick? I'm like, yeah, we walk in. She's like, hi, Aaron. Like this. I'm like, who's that? And he's like, oh, it's just the waitress. I'm like, oh, we go into pay. They're like, Aaron, how are you? And I go, dude, what's going on, bro? What is happening? And he's like, dude, I'm playing like 36 a day, like four days a week. And I'm like, what is in like, and I might Rory, he went through a crazy, like he was just so into it where he's just like texting me like, yo, you watching NCAAs right now? I'm like, no, I'm not watching Whoa. the NCAAs. Whoa. I'm like, I love golf, camera. but <laughs> no, what are you following? Yeah. Yeah. Who are um, these people? I just see, I mean, especially during the pandemic, man, yeah. the amount of people that were golfing. Everyone's you know I mean? jumping in. And it's funny when you're a golfer. Like, I remember my buddy goes, hey, will you help me go get, I want to go buy clubs. Will you go with me? I'm like, yeah, you picking up golf? He's like, yeah, well, you know, we're having the baby. I feel like I need a hobby. I was like, no, the baby is your hobby. <laughs> what are you even talking about? And they was like, oh, all right. Um, so during the pandemic, I just saw so many more people playing. Right. You know what I mean? Here's my deal. I, I don't know how much I've seen. I'm seeing the, the game change in that I feel like more people are golfing and more people are like open to it. You know what I right. mean? I feel like before it's always, it was always this unreachable thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't grow up playing country clubs. The first set of clubs I had were my aunts. Then my second one were my used, like from a yard sale clubs. Right. And then the first set I bought were big bursers. Oh, yeah. Not Bertha's. Oh, bursters. I was like, yo, he's got a lisp. Yeah, knocked. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> just came out. I was like, dang, hit 45 minutes. And he's he just was holding tripping. it tight he's for a tripping. while. <laughs> yeah, bursers. Those are my first. Bursers? Yeah. What, what brand? Is that Callaway? No, they're a knockoff. Big they're, burser? They're, they look exactly like Bertha's. <laughs> what the? Same label, everything. B E R S E R? B U R S A R? Bursers, I think. Yeah. They were 100 bucks for like the whole set. That's a deal. Yeah. I kind of want a set. <laughs> no, you don't. Big Bursar. Like, I remember, like, two rounds in, like, one of the labels came off. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, so, like, I was always, I was playing golf, but, like, we weren't, I wasn't at a country club. I never, I didn't take a lesson in golf till I was, like, 34. Whoa. What you know? prompted that? 
my ex-wife got me them. She's like, oh, let me oh, get here's you. lessons. Yeah, she got, like, got me them for that's Christmas nice. one year. Yeah, and then I got into it, and then I started taking lessons, and then like, then like that's when I got, when I first moved to LA, I got serious about golf because I had nothing else to do but that learn happens. the city, and I was like playing Griffith Park all the time. Dude, LA is really conducive to getting into golf. I don't know why. Well, because you can play all year round. True. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I guess there is some math there. And then there's like, you know, it depends on where you live. Like Rancho, I think, is the most played public course in America. I've like heard that people most say, you know, yeah, for sure. And it's a sick course. Um, but I don't know. Do you think it's changing? The game is changing or just the fact that more people are playing it? I don't know, man. Like I, I, I um, it's like it's like watching a slow motion like time lapse, right? You can't perceive it. But then when you look, you're like, maybe something's different. Like, but then again, I've changed mm -hmm. and then my knowledge has changed. So it's like it's like everything's it's like one of those little rides at the park where it like spins and it's moving around. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, I'm just gonna throw up. But it's <laughs> separate to that. I don't know. I feel like it I feel like it has changed. Yeah. And and I guess more of what I would notice, and we can get into this now, is like, you know, your relationship with Connor Moore, obviously like mm -hmm. one of the funniest guys in golf. And the things you've done with him, like the Connor Moore show, but like, I think one of the things that's really changed is social media's impact on golf, how it's viewed, right? Yeah. Like nowadays, it's super easy to realize that golf is for fucking everybody, mm -hmm. right? Like, whereas when I got into golf 10 years ago, Instagram didn't really exist. Like yeah. it was like one year old or, you know, people were starting and it was not really, I, I didn't really have a view. Yeah. I didn't know who played. There was no, there was no information out there unless you watched golf channel, which was just psychotic yeah. for a non-golfer. Yeah. So now there's like this sort of like thin spread. It feels like of like you could, you could, you could find some golf. You could like, you could like maybe get a hint that like, Oh, like Catherine Newton plays golf or whoever, like, mm -hmm. and like, you know, my clubs were, I either, you either got to have someone in the family who golfs or have an aunt who stops by a flea market and grabs you a bag. You know what I mean? Now it's like you can find clubs in two seconds flat. Like you can get right. clubs, you can get access, and like even on social, you can learn the game a little. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of getting out there. Yeah. You know, like I get yeah. my kids out there. We'll go to like this nine hole by my house. Of course. Of Rancho, you know, the par oh, three. Oh, the, the little par three on yeah. the side. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'll go like four o'clock. I love that. Because I'm like, we're not holding anybody up. Right. My daughter's five, my son's seven. Oh, that's great. And it's like, just hit, you know, I don't care how many times it takes. Right. And I just want them to like, like the experience, you know, because it is expensive. You know what I mean? You yeah. got to get clubs and then you got to play, you know, you got to pay every time you play. I mean, I would love to see like, there should be some like down in Oceanside. I think I mentioned this to Brady. Uh, Goat Hill. Goat Hill. Yeah, yeah. They have a three hole course for yeah, kids. The playground. Yeah. It's money. I mean, free. That kind of thing is like that's how you can get people into the game to find out if they like it. Because yeah. it's really you can find out real quick if you like basketball because you can just start shooting. You yeah. know what I mean? You can get a little net in your room. Dribble in your driveway. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So my only this is my thing. I say this all the time. I go, I don't care if people aren't good. Just don't be slow and yeah. don't not know the rules. Yeah. Just learn the rules. And don't be a jerk. Like don't don't like take it too seriously. No. Go That's have tough. fun and just move so that we can all move. Because the thing that di also dissuades people from golf is how long a round can it takes take. Takes a long time. And you're like, it shouldn't take that long. Yeah. You know, I also think golf should go out in threesomes. I don't think, I think four is too much. Yeah, I like that. I think I'd like to see twelve holes. Twelve, 12 holes. Twelve. Yeah, nine's like not enough. Eighteen's too many. Yeah. It's like Goldilocks, you know. There's nothing better though than finishing nine and being like, "Oh, we have nine more." Sometimes. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be a dope option. Well, you, Westchester used to have fifteen. 
Whoa, I didn't know that. Westchester up by LAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 holes. Oh, dude, I love that. I've only I've only been on the range, which I'm an aviation geek. Okay. So like, it's so cool because on the range, you can just watch them coming in and out. Yeah. But and I didn't now know they have one of the be best 15. practice facilities that I've ever seen. I didn't know this that. is what I think. You know, the big break on Golf Channel. Yeah. Why are they not opening up locations that are big break inspired? So like you have Top Golf. Why aren't there places that are like mini courses like Big Break? You try and smash glass. You're trying to go over a wall. You know what I mean? You just have like. We're going to delete this from the podcast. I mean. To talk to our lawyers. Yeah. It's a good idea. Take You can delete it. But I just like that would be sick. That's what people really want. They want something different. That's why at Westchester now they, they put in like this practice area. I didn't know that. That's You got to pay like 10 bucks to go use it. Oh. Right? Well, where is it? Is it by the range? Here's the range. It's all the way down over here. Oh. But it's like five greens, four sand traps. Whoa. And like that's what people need. So it's like short game. Yes. Interesting. You need a space where you can go like work. Because you know when a golfer (laughs) is like 40 yards out and they hit a chip and it goes bounce, bounce, skid. Yeah. You're like, who taught that Where did you get that? Yeah. You can't practice that. Yeah. You know. What's funny is the um the uh, the so it's basically the short game area that they have at Wilson and Harding, except that one is like it's just terrible. Crash. It's like hitting off asphalt. You don't yeah. learn anything. You learn to be afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like this one is actually quality. Yeah. Well, they they put effort into it. Yeah. Like Angeles National has a really good practice. That facility. place is filthy. You can you could you used to be able to just roll up there. Yeah. With some balls, and now they're like, nah, no. that's your tea time, pal. Yeah. And that's the way it should. Although the, the the greens are the fairways are too tight for me over there. Yeah, I can't handle it. You can just bounce a ball off them. Yeah, they're all yeah, it's tough. So um, we're gonna play. So tell me about if you you play. You like Penmar? You play there? I like Penmar. Yeah, yeah what, I like eighteen. Oh. So I don't play nine a lot like I used to. I grew up playing nine. That was the course we played on Unicorn. Everyone called it Canicorn. Okay. But. Uh, Penmar is right around the corner from my house. Word. But uh, no, I do. I mean, I know every single hole there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of courses that like I remember every hole, but like. Yeah. Well, there's not that many. <laughs> no, I know. But I know exactly what I'd hit on every. Like, I know where I'll be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good track. It's not Roosevelt. You like Roosevelt better? You ever played Roosevelt? That's where I started. I mean, dude, that's the most challenging nine hole course I've ever played. What's the lowest you've ever gone there? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe four over. Yeah. It's so hard. I know scratch players are like, I, I can't get lower yeah, than three over. And it's like, because people think you roll out to a nine, that's where you're going to learn golf. Not not at that one. No. You know? And what's cool about it is that it's not like, like Trump is unfair and annoying and stupid. Mm-hmm. Roosevelt is like, okay, all right, this is how we're doing it. Yeah. You can get it. Short par four to open. Sure. Mm-hmm. Next one's a tight dog leg. Then you're going to go uphill. Yeah, with like, like an up and down awkward line. <laughs> yeah. Don't be long. Don't be right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it gives you chances, course. but then, you know, here's my favorite thing at Roosevelt because the Greek is right across the street. Yeah. This warm up. Dude. So good. Three o'clock on a Friday and the band's over there and you're just like, oh, we're just listening to like, you know, Cage the Elephant or whatever is whoever's playing over yeah. there. It's White sick. stripes. Yeah. Just getting ready. My favorite there on on the eighth hole, the tee box is here, but there's this old tee box that's back here that no one, no one, they mow it, but no one plays it. And so one day we were there and my buddy goes, yo, should we play the way back here? I'm like, yeah. So it's the three of us, and then we're paired up with some guy. And so that guy's up there, and my buddy's just in front of him. My other buddy's over here, and I come walking up, and I go, Bobcat, Bobcat! <laughs> and my buddy Chris freaked out. Oh, and, my God. And the joke was literally for four humans. And my boy who was over here, we are just dying, like 
just the idea that there was a bobcat coming on because it was the perfect scenario. No one plays this tee box. It's back in the woods a little. There could be a bobcat, you know. I'm dying, dude. Yeah, it was fun. Um, wait, wait. So, so did you have you ever seen on the eighth hole? There's Kirstie Alley's house with the monkeys. What she has, she has pet monkeys at Roosevelt. She lives right down, oh, really, right down to the left, like that hillside there. That's Kirstie Alley's house, and she legit has like no less than three outdoor kept pet monkeys that are just like constantly. That's maybe crazy. it's a new, maybe they're new pets. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were inside before. Uh, no, I don't know about that. Yeah, but that's a story. Yeah, go for it. Kirsty sounds like it's gonna, gonna have a great ending for you. Yeah, I mean, I would. That sounds a lot. That's like uh, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, movie? Like, or just generally, like, what do you, what do you, what do you put on? And you're just like, fuck yeah. Like movie wise, yeah. I'm, I'm like a total Homer. So I don't like watch Homer. Stuff. Yeah, like you know, like, Simpson. No, you know, like I'm Homer. just like I'll just stick with the my classics. You know right, what yeah. I mean? What are they? Um, Goodwill Hunting. Word. Dead Poet Society. Yeah. I mean, dude, how white can I get? Let's see. Yeah. Um, I don't like. I I've been trying to like challenge myself to watch new stuff. No, no, no. I don't like new stuff. My my ultimate like candy is I rewatch Entourage, which could never get made now. I've, oh no way! Never. So many shows couldn't get made. No, Seinfeld couldn't get made. Seinfeld's my nope. ultimate in comedy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know, let's talk about Seinfeld because yeah. at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not, I'm not watching garbage. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch whatever everybody's watching. So I started over Seinfeld episode one, mm-hmm. season one, episode one. I, I know, I know episode one. Yeah, and then it's got it's got a, a different George's dad. Does it? And yeah. different Jerry's dad, and right? It, yeah, they're two different dads. They mm-hmm. get replaced after the pilot. But like, what I saw was really fascinating because I mean we're about the same age. Our minds have changed over that period of time, and it really got me thinking about um, generations, mm-hmm. like X between X and millennial and kind of how they all relate and how comedy ties into that. Have you thought much about that? I just see it sometimes when I go to do shows. Oh, you know what I mean? Cause I'm, so I'm 45. And so, you know, when I was married, all of our other couples that we were hanging out with were all the same age. Right. And most 45 year old men have real jobs. They wear suits. They're normal human beings. <laughs> I'm running around not just doing shows for 20 and 30 year olds, but I'm kicking it with 20 and 30 year olds. Right. You know what I mean? There are other comedians and I'm trying to, my humor is constantly like, that's one thing about I would, cause when I got kids, I started doing jokes about kids, but I found that like I was doing younger shows in front of younger people, like 20 somethings. And they, it was still working. You know what right. I mean? Like it was still, because I was like, I, maybe they can relate like, oh, this this is like that crazy fun dad. This dude's right. full tilt. Right. Or I would talk, you know, like the way I would talk about my kids, you know. Um, so I would constantly and recently when I went to do that show, I was sitting there like looking at this audience and I'm like, oh, what, how's this going to work? But that was the thing about comedy is it doesn't matter the age. You, you At least I find. You right. know what I mean? Like. Like even watching Nate, you know, like I've opened for Nate and he's got a really big following and Nate is clean. You know, he doesn't swear. Oh, really? He doesn't swear? He doesn't swear at all. His his shows are all ages. Whoa. You can bring your eight year old to see Nate. So and Nate still has a demo of like there's 20 year olds, there's 30 year olds because humor is humor and funny is funny. Right. And he, he, that's why like the testament to how great of a joke writer he is because 
it would work on audiences that are younger. Like you don't need to like, that's why I'm always like, I look at some people's humor. That's like constantly swearing or constantly trash or constantly trying to be, uh, I don't know, like push the envelope. And you're like, are you doing this? Cause this is how you feel. Like, why are you doing this? Like what's the point? Cause you don't need to shock all the time to like get a win. You know what I mean? Um, so no, I like I see it and I can watch it. Like I can do shows with sixty-year-old dudes that will crush. Right. You know what I mean? And then at the same time, do it with twenty-year-olds and do well. You know. So, what do you think Seinfeld taught you that you like still use today from oh, a geez. from a comedy standpoint? I mean, that's the thing. I never had like stand-up influences outside of maybe Chris Rock. Like that was the only stand-up. Like before I did stand-up, I had only watched it live twice before i ever did it is that's probably pretty unusual yeah most guys like love stand-up followed stand-up had albums i saw cosby when i was 10 and i saw rock when i was 22 and i saw his first stand-up special and seinfeld's then i moved to la never went to a stand-up show never thought i was gonna do stand-up i was crushing in front of tables waiting tables and in one week three people were like uh, you're so funny. Do you do stand up? And I was like, no. And this girl I worked with heard that. And I literally like walked away from the table and she came in. She's like, you know, I know a guy if you want to do stand up. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, what? Don't you want to do stand up? I'm like, I no, I don't think so. And I went into like my bartender who used to do stand up and I was like, should I do stand up? And he's like, I don't know. Do you want to? And I'm like, I don't know. And I go, Vanessa said she can like knows a guy. And he's like, well, all you need is five minutes. So if you get five minutes together, Cause no one's going to give you more than that. And I was like, huh? And then she like told me to go meet this guy. I went, it was a Wednesday night show. Um, it was like, I didn't know this, but it was like the hottest show in LA at the time. And I got there like two hours early and I'm just sitting there and she goes, yeah, go meet this guy. I met a med. And I'm like, all right. And I'm just sitting there in this giant room at this place down on sunset. That's now gone Dublin's. And I see this dude walk in and I'm like, that's him. And I just go, you a med? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what's up, man? I'm Jay. I'm Vanessa's friend. And he's like, oh, what's up, man? And I go, she said you might be able to get me up tonight. And he's like, I can't get you up tonight. And I'm like, oh, you think I could do the show sometime? And he's like, yeah, you uh, you got a reel? And I'm like, nah, I don't have a reel. And he goes, well, where, where do you perform? And I go, oh, I've never, I've never done stand-up. And he's like, dude, this ain't the show for you. He's like, this is all pros. And I go, tell me whatever you need me to do from this week till next week, and I'll do it if you'll put me up. And he goes, okay. Go do as many open mics as you can from Natal next week, and I'll give you five minutes next week. You open. You'll go first. And I go, done. I didn't do any open mics until the night before, <laughs> and I tanked, did three minutes and tanked, and then showed up there the next night, full house, 150 people. I was going first. Dane Cook was on the show. Ralphie May was on the show. I think Colin Quinn was on the show. It was stacked. And I just went. They gave me five. I did really well, which never happens for most people. You usually tank. And then I came off stage and I was like, man. And this girl, Courtney Cronin, who's a producer now, who's a stand-up, she was like, hey, Jay, you from Boston? I'm like, yeah. She goes, did you do stand-up there? I'm like, no. And she goes, San Diego? And I go, no. I go, that was my that was my first time. And she's like, here's my car. Call me tomorrow. I'll help. And she was like the coolest, coolest girl ever. Introduced me to people. And then I just like started doing stand-up. So I never... I didn't know what a light was. Dude, I didn't know who Bill Burr was until I was eight years into comedy. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I just didn't know anything. I didn't, I had that ignorance is bliss. Like I just walked in and was just like, oh, which 
was a blessing and a curse because I just did. I had like what I thought was my own voice and I always told stories and that right. was my thing. But then at the same time, it was a little bit of a curse because usually you start out and you take a lot of lumps and you like do the open mic crowd with other comics and you build these tight knit friendships. And I just never had that. Right. I was just like, Oh, I started doing stand up, and then I'm like, I'm going to start my own show. And I started a book show and I started booking guys that I loved and then had like a, a, a good show. And you know, what, what was the material from that first night? I did a bit about having a Geo Metro convertible because that's what I was driving. Solid. A lot of material about that. But like I talked, like it was just storytelling. I talked about having a Geo Metro and how it was a horrible car and like picking it out. You know what I mean? I'm like, nobody goes in like, let me see what's this Geo Metro. Is that a detachable faceplate? Let me get the detachable faceplate. I'm like, come with this cow seat covers. It comes with the cow seat covers. I'm like, nice. What about the purple smoke? Can I get purple smoke coming out of the back? I'm like, you know, like that's because when I moved, I moved to LA with 3,200 bucks. In 2000, I knew nobody. Bought a car in San Diego for 800. It died a week later. First and last was 800, so I was down to 16. Then I had to buy furniture, and like, th- and then I had to get another car because I lost the one I got in San Diego. And I went to this car dealership, and I was like, "Hey, man, do you guys have any cars?" I'm they're like, "Yeah, we have a lot." I'm like, "I have like a thousand dollars," and they're like, "No, <laughs> nothing." And they're like, "Listen, we have this trade-in right here. It's a 91 Geo Metro convertible." <laughs> <laughs> they go, we'll give it to you for $1,800. We'll let you pay month to month, but we can't guarantee anything on it. You buy it and you leave. And I was like, you leave. Done. <laughs> I was like, you got it. And I'll never forget. My friends came up from San Diego to like stay with me and like help me drive around. And we went to get it and it was raining. It was never raining in LA. <laughs> and they're looking in the passenger side. I'm in the driver's side. I'm like, fucking look at this. This is great, right? And it had like over here, like here's a steering wheel. And then over here it had like, for the wipers, like low, medium, high, and it was or off, and it was on low, and I hit high, and when I hit high, the the low button went and, sh- and shot right off, and like they had to like dodge it, and I was like, this is my car, dude. That sunroof. This was two thousand. I moved here in two thousand. In two thousand one, it rained a ton that winter. It never, you know, like I got, I thought it just rained in LA all the time. Yeah. So for like January, February, March that year, it rained a ton, and and by that time the roof had broke. And I would drive to stand up shows. It was a stick, and so I'd hold it, I'd hold it like this, and then I would hold it with one arm, and then shift, and then go back to holding it for when it rained. It was it was a nightmare. Um, and I and I drove around in L.A. with no car insurance. For eight years. What? No car insurance, no health insurance. I had no money. I was waiting tables and I was just like, no, nah, man, I'm I'm a stand-up. Like yeah. I'm just gonna I wait tables when I can. I do stand up and I was writing. I was doing a lot of different stuff. And uh yeah. Was that the happiest time of your life? I mean, that was pretty awesome, man. I did I did love that. It's like the happiest time of my life, and it's not even my life. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Living in a little guest house in Venice and like just like no answers, didn't have to answer to anybody. And it's like Venice pre-influencer. Oh, yeah. Different city. This it was Venice. I this was pre I, I was living in Venice. It's like almost pre-iPhone. I mean it is pre-iPhone. Oh yeah, it was pre-iPhone for sure. Yeah. I'm I remember living in this back guest house and then my buddy Jordan asked me to move in with him across the, on the, another street over. So I moved in with him and then the two bedroom house that I used to live behind opened up. Then we moved there. And one night I had my girl over, his girl was over, and he's like, Yo, can I talk to you for a sec? 
I'm like, yeah, what's up? He goes, come over here. And we look out the window and the apartment complex next door has like steps up to the outdoor, like all the doors in. And on the steps, it's just lined with gang members with bandanas and machine guns. And he's like, you know, I just think like we should lay low here. And I'm like, yeah, it looks like we should probably chill out a little bit. huh? And like that's what Ven- and those same people. When I would go out to move my car because of street cleaning, we'd be like, Jay, we're just coming to get you, man. You got to move your car. <laughs> and I had a Buick LeSabre at the time. And I would come out and they'd all be leaning on my car, hanging out. And right. I'd be like, what's up, boys? And they're like, yo, when are you going to sell me this? I'm like, I'll sell it to you right now. And they're like, how much? I'm like, 2500 They're like, 2500 I'm like, hey, you don't want to pay twenty five? Get out of here. What was the first time that you, like, you told me the story about the starter and being like, I'll break your face. Like, what was the first time you tried that? When was the first time you did that? Oh, dude, early. Just whole life, 10, yeah, 10 like, 5 years old. Yeah, second grade. Amazing. Second grade, I would like, I would just always be doing stuff, always getting in people's face. He's telling dude, me to stop. He's giving me the light, and I'm like, we're going. No, let me just tell I you this care. one. You got to know this one story because it's, it's everything that we're talking about. So I shot Curb Your Enthusiasm, January 2020. What episode? I didn't say that. What season? The, la- the last season. Okay, I didn't get that far. Okay. It was, it was a little too, he's so bitter. Larry's <laughs> I mean, just so hard to watch. I'm yeah. Just, and when he goes through the divorce in season four, I was like, ah, man, it's just well, I've never seen it. What do you mean? The I've show? I've never watched Curb. Even though you're in it? Yeah. I watched that clip, but oh, I didn't okay. see me. But this is what you're going to love. So we're shooting this scene. I'm carjacking him and Richard Lewis. Okay. Okay. Hilarious. And they have golf clubs in the back and blah, blah, blah. So we're in between takes and I'm standing there and Larry David's standing there and he's just practicing his golf swing, but with no club. And this is where I can't not be me, where I probably should. I come over to him. I put my hands on his hips. I'm like, you got to power. You got to power these hips through, Larry. And he just looks at me annoyed and walks away and goes right back to Video Village. I'm in the, I, I got to shoot for the next four hours with this guy. Oh, no. And in my head, I'm like, this is, the, this is exactly what his show is. No one is going to put their hands on Larry David. Every comedian I've told, they're like, you put your hands on Larry David. I'm like, yeah. you fucking know I did. And he, and he was so uncomfortable and annoyed. And then we shot the rest of the show, and I talked to him every single stop down. Like, I, he, he, he was fine. He was fine. Yeah. All right, we're going to wind down. Any questions for me? I mean, I mean, on the spot. Hot stuff. How did you how did you just decide to start golf and then like, oh, not only am I going to start golf, I'm going to turn my whole life into this. I'm an addict. Yeah. So I, if I, there's something I like doing and it hasn't killed me, yet, I'm just going to keep doing it. And then you think you'll burn out of this and then go into something else? Well, it already is kind of moving into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it already is moving into this. Like it, it, the the. I mean, it, it, I don't think it'll leave golf. I don't. I don't know. I don't have that vision right now. But I think right now it's moving a little bit out of like I want to make videos all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's not. It's not so much that anymore. Yeah. Now it's more like all right, let's let's create a team that can, which is wild, multitask. So here's a so okay, don't you, do you have fear when you just take these leaps like that, or are you just like nah, it's gonna work out? D- definitely, there's fear, but I think it's a little bit, um, you know, uh, th- there's way more curiosity than there is fear. Yeah, but I mean, you could fail. Sure, you know what I mean. I wouldn't be any worse off if I failed than if I hadn't tried. Yeah, for sure. I just think that that so many people get limited in life when they try something and they're. See, but as that, you know what I mean? I was married to a really famous and rich woman, mm-hmm. right? So I saw life from the top. I went to Jen Aniston's wedding, mm-hmm. right? Like, I saw them all. And I know they don't have anything. Yeah. So my failure would really just put me back in a place where I might even be happier. 
Yeah, for sure. What is the money? Is it is it is failure money? I don't know. Because if it is, like, cool. Like, yeah. I don't need it. Yeah. I'm very clear on that. Yeah, I, find- I spend it so fast that I already don't even have it. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I constantly, if I get into like a wormhole, I'll look at what I think success is. And then I'm like, oh, cooking dinner with my kitchen window open and talking heads playing and my kids shooting Papa shot in the garage and then getting to call them in. Literally, literally last night going, kids, dinner. I'm like, how could I possibly be happier than that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or flushing an eight iron from 155 that sucks back to the pin. You know what I mean? Two feet. Yeah. The the things that are the most meaningful in life have very little. They usually aren't actually expensive. Yeah. Which is the so that's why if, for me if I fail at this idea, it's like okay cool like I've I've had my first car was a thousand dollars. Yeah. It wasn't even eighteen hundred. It was a Volvo wagon and you could sleep in it. Yeah. And that's what got me to golf courses. So, well, my first car was a f- 1978 Ford Econoline van used for my painting business Amazing. that you could also sleep in. Just getting pulled over. I blew that engine randomly. on the highway trying to race a Corvette. I was so angry because I, <laughs> I flunked out of college and they wouldn't let me back in. Right. And on the way home, I saw this vet. I'm like, oh, you fucking think so? And I'm and I'm <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> And the Corvette just never saw it. <laughs> yeah, I you know I was just pissed, um, but no, yeah, that's refreshing. I didn't even I don't even know why I asked that because as soon as you answered, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes you have sense. the same thing. You don't fucking care. No, I know, but I, I used to have nothing to lose. Now I look at like big risks. I'm starting to take more risks or just be like, fuck it. Yeah. But like when you have kids, you're just like, it, it, oh, do I need a house? So they have a house, or like, what am I gonna leave them? Have you played Hearts? I'm a whisk guy, but I, I know how to play hearts. You get hearts, right? Yeah, of course. You, you bid on the number and you want to hit that number. Yes. You don't want to have any more or any less. Right. That's like life. Yeah. So like I want to die with zero. Interesting. In the bank. Yeah. Maybe selfish. Maybe not. No, I don't know if that's selfish at all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But like I'm not trying to like save up for something. You yeah. know what I mean? For sure. So like the idea of trying this thing and losing, it's like, cool. Got to win a hand to some time. You know what I mean? I've like, got to try something else. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. I'd like to go back to college. Yeah? Yeah. I I want you to start with high school. (laughs) (laughs) I got a GED in rehab, so we're fine. I'm looking forward to playing golf with you. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I don't know how to wrap. This is too good to wrap up, but what we're going to do is I'll just see you soon. Yeah. How do you say goodbye? Later. Later. (laughs) 